Well, harvest pressure has been weighing the market down this past week. Traders vacillating back and forth over whether these crops are good or bad. U.S. bean ratings rose for the first time since mid-August, back up to 52% good to excellent. Apparently, early harvest results are convincing a lot of traders that they're better than expected. Kind of funny because it still rates as the second worst rated crop in the last three decades, right next to 2012. All of that shining news caused traders to hold off and see exactly what USDA might come up with this next week in the WASDE report. More on that with Coley and Kavanaugh coming up here in just a moment. But the guys are brought to you each week by the support from the Allen County Farm Bureau. The key word there, support, like the way the Farm Bureau supports 4-H and FFA kids. And the FFA convention again this year, coming up fairly soon, actually, in Indianapolis. And the way your membership really supports those kinds of things is fairly amazing. And it's all based on our memberships. So, listen. Go online and consider becoming a member. Go to itpaystobeamember.org. Well, David, we've got a WASDE report coming up this week from the USDA. And, you know, if they had not figured out a way to keep the government going, we wouldn't be having a WASDE report this next week. And, boy, that causes a lot of problems. David, you know that firsthand because you've lived through a couple of those. Yeah, it did happen in 2013. Boy, do I remember it clearly because we just had no gauge, nothing to go by. All we could take, you know, are the reports coming from fields, but that wasn't adequate enough. And you wouldn't get those numbers. And so you'd have to try and judge them as best you can. Look the way the market's acting right now. Soybeans, as I said at Remke's September, that we were looking at a washing machine market. And we're seeing that in beans, up, down, up, down, up, down. And see, the market's just looking for leadership right now. So what is it? The yield on corn, Allendale says 173. The last number was 173.8. The yield on beans in September was 50.1. Bean yields are saying 49.6. Now, if I look at production, we're looking on Allendale's number at 15.068 for corn. The last USDA number was 15.134, so a little bit of a drop. And on beans, 4.105, that was the number that's expecting. 4.146 was the September number, John. Yeah, once again, you know, I disagree. I think those numbers are too low. And I'm just going to cite the average, the Stone X estimates, which went up from the last month's report. Their corn yield is at 175.5, which I think is probably too high. And that's up from where they were a month ago. And their beans are up to 50.4, which is also an increase from where they were a month ago. So they're going in opposite directions. I do think Stonex is a little high. I think Allen is a little bit low. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think the numbers, frankly, in my opinion, David, I want yours so I can poke yeah. fun at it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. hitting, of course. I think the crop's going to be smaller. I think, I know we're hearing a lot of good yields, a lot of good things are happening, but there's a lot of dry areas. There was a big report yesterday that came out from Iowa about how dry it is in the northeast and the eastern part of Iowa. There's many, many dry areas, as we all know. Sure, Illinois got the rain, of course, in the last week. That did help their corn crop, but, you know, we got some rain, too, thank goodness, on Thursday. But I don't think the bean and corn crops as big as they think, John. Well, you know, like those dry areas are pretty much accounted for, and the reports I'm getting out of the West is that they're not as well off as we are over here in the East. But the yields are picking up are better than they thought, and they're kind of surprised. So whenever I hear that, I just think that's going to be a stabilizing factor. We'll find out on Thursday, though. And, John, you've said before, as tight as we have been on soybeans, that even if we're talking about a half a bushel difference in the wrong direction, it's going to be real money, and it's going to have a big impact on prices in the market. 
Yes, it is. And I'm going to say right now that if we end up with a yield even a half a bushel lower versus a September estimate, it's very significant because the bean supplies are so tight. And David, one of the things that you've talked about is the size of the beans that are in those pods would lead one to believe that maybe it's going to be a little less than we had thought previously. But uh, your position has always been that, yeah, but there's a lot more pods out there. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot more pods and there's more beans per pod, even though they're smaller. But the big story is that uh, you get a better test weight with smaller beans because you have less air in the bushel. But the point is, you're not getting the yield you were hoping for. Better than expected is what I'm hoping to hear. And we're not going to be getting better than expected because of the smaller bean pod sizes. Okay, let's go to export sales because we got a little bit of activity this past week. You know, Mexico continues to uh, gripe and moan uh, that they're going to stop buying from us, and then they continue to <laughs> buy from us. Uh, flash sale, 196,000 metric tons again, and, uh, you know, it just keeps on going. But one of the other things to pay attention to, and uh, David, I'll go to you first on this one, then, John, you can chime in, but it's about the wheat because wheat was really active this week. When corn and soybeans were dropping, uh, you know, two, three cents a day, wheat was up about 12 cents, but there's a lot of factors involved in wheat, part of which, David, you've mentioned before, and that is drought in Australia, and the wheat out of Australia goes to China. China was making some buys this week. In Argentina, Rob, they've got a smaller wheat crop than expected. And they're also talking about, well, if they can't plant their corn, that's going to be lost too. So they're not going to be switching stuff around like you see Brazil do. Argentina's pretty much strict about that. And then the weather forecast, the latest forecast for the Black Sea region, is for drier than normal temperatures and precipitation. So that is really a big issue coming up. Then you'll see the wheat come alive. Now, I don't know if you caught this this past week, David, but I also saw something about Ukraine's new crop plantings per week were going to be a down by about 25%. Yes, definitely. So they've had a lot of problems with Russian attacks. The ship that was hitting a mine, you know, this week in the Black Sea and then Odessa being bombed. Ukraine's having a big problem trying to produce crops over there. And I think that's going to be the record that keeps playing the same song. Well, you know, you mentioned this uh, big rally in the wheat, but don't you think these problems in the Ukraine and the fact that Argentina continues to be dry and they're they're getting behind on the wheat planting, don't you think that's a pretty big factor? Yes, I do. The markets are waking up slowly to bullish news because if you look back, every time we have something bullish up to go and then they spend about a week or two going back, right back down again. The markets don't want to hear anything that is good news for markets. They're looking for any bad news they can and trading off of that. For some reason, they're ignoring the good news. But let me make this comment. Please note, market bottoms are always made on bad news, just like market tops are always made on good news. So keep that in mind. That's a very true statement. I've seen that over the years. And another thing, though, to keep in mind is what the what the Fed's going to do on interest rates. The feeling has been that they probably wouldn't uh, increase interest rates. But then the jobs report came out, the September jobs report came out, and holy mackerel, it was about twice as large as expected. So guys, don't you think that that increases the chances that the Fed may raise interest rates again? I'm hearing this consistently. They're not going to raise rates until December because they want to see how the, the end of the year is. And then they'll probably have the last rate increase either in March or in April. Rob, what do you think? Well, I'm just curious about the interest rates. And John, you and I had spoken about this a little bit, and that is about the carrying charges for things. Now, you know, if you don't think that you're going to get the kind of price that you'd like, then you're probably going to carry it. And people ask, why do we pay attention to interest rates? There it is. 
that's exactly right. You know, so whether you're going to store it or not store it. And right now, soybeans, given the price and given the current interest rates, it costs eight cents a month uh, interest charges just to uh, store soybeans. The carries are really going out on the soybean spreads, but frankly, you're still only at about 50% of full carry. Of course, again, how big is this bean crop? You know, if you're going to have a real small bean crop, well, all of a sudden, I don't care what the interest rates are, you know, the market's going to want them. They're going to bid up for them to get them out and they'll take the carry out. But uh, we got to keep an eye on that one. That's uh, I think it's going to be, and this yeah. report is going to be very telling. Remember, this is the October report. It will be the most accurate report to date. This is the one that really counts. Well, and uh, glad we're going to get it. Glad that the government is actually open long we're enough gonna for get us right. to get it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get it all right. Well, you know, a lot of this has to do with demand. And David, demand for pork and beef have been, uh, again, kind of like your washing machine analogy. You know, kind of up and down and up and down. And all of a sudden, oh, you know, here, uh, running both hot and cold this past week. Oh, no kidding. I mean, they're just really, really wrangling tr- traders. And the thing is, the beef prices sold off this week, but the retail chain price was strong and the retailers were trying to buy as much beef as they could here during national pork month that's been the big surprise and yes turning up on friday yes we did turn up the cattle on friday i'm impressed to see that it's been down so much lately and the hogs are starting to also show a bit of life here after selling off tremendously up 120 points here on friday it's about time we finally found some value in this stuff because it's still there, folks. It's just that we're getting a little bit scared. And one of the women I'm following don't have a lot of information on it just yet, but apparently the cost of our Thanksgiving turkey is going to be a little less expensive this year. So I'm going to be watching that carefully for you. John Cavanaugh, time for the final word. And uh, you're the guy that we uh, turn to when we talk about bases. So you always say, watch bases. It's going to tell you what the market's going to do. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out something. Is that we haven't really gotten into corn harvest yet. Soybean harvest is gotten started. I'm talking locally, of course. Uh, A little bit of soybean harvest is going on. This particular market is still pretty far behind on bean harvest, which is normal at this time of the year. And the corn doesn't really get cranked up uh, typically until, uh, oh, October 15, October 20, somewhere in that vicinity. Well, our socks are tight enough that uh, the ethanol people and the feeders uh, are tight on nearby corn supplies. And uh, they're still willing to pay huge premiums to get corn, especially ethanol people. You know, their margins are still quite good. I saw a report the other day that despite the drop in the price of oil, that they're still looking at uh, netting out something like on average across the country in the vicinity of 55 cents per gallon. And so there's good, strong demand out there. And locally, I've heard numbers, uh, basis numbers to get some nearby quick delivery corn as high as a dollar over. Well, holy Ooh, cow, what a great opportunity for you guys. Yes, I know the corn's still in the field, and I know it's still wet. I know it's hard to get in some cases, but the incentive to go get it there is tremendous. Mm. Once we get into corn harvest, and once those combines are really rolling full stream, we'll see that basis dropped fairly big unders. That's a huge price gap right there. So take advantage of it if you can. Great way to end it, John. The visit each week with Coley and Cavanaugh is made possible by support from the Allen County Farm Bureau. Your local Indiana Farm Bureaus are supporting things like agriculture in the classroom programs that educated over 40,000 kids and political action that eliminated state inheritance tax that accounts for as much as $300 million in savings annually right here in the state of Indiana. Now, when you support the Farm Bureau with a membership, you're supporting the farmers that feed us. And you don't have to be a farmer to get all the great benefits from membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.